Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, motorcycle, boats, RV, whatever it may be. They'll make sure that you're fully insured, and then they'll do everything they can to find ways to save you money. Maybe bundles, you know, going over state lines where, where it's permissible. But they'll do it because the customer comes first. It is all at Sunbury, at uh, Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're proud to be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. John Sauber of the Center Daily Times in a moment, but first our play-by-play call of the day. The far wing picket goes by Martinez, brings it back out with eight. Now on the baseline, underneath, kicks it back out. Lundy straight on three for the lead. No rebound. Goes to winner, lays it in. At the buzzer. buzzer. Penn State wins the game. The Nittany Lions come all the way back and win it. Seven seconds, kicks it out to Lundy. Rises for three. Knew it wasn't good. The rebound. He wins it at the buzzer. to have played in an NCAA tournament game just gave Penn State a quad one win. Uh, Jason Horowitz, Brian Butch there on the second uh, play-by-play call, and uh, huge win. John Sabra was a witness. It's always good to have witnesses to such things to confirm what <laughs> you just saw. John, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me on, Steve. That was, uh, that was a wild one been a lot of wild ones here down the stretch and a wild week in back-to-back games. John, as you watch them play, whether in person or on TV, what are they showing you down the stretch? I think they're, and I know this feels, uh, maybe it feels a bit like a cop-out, but they're showing resilience more than anything, right? Like The the on-court stuff matters too, right? They're they're deferring to guys other than Jalen Pickett at times allowing him to be off the ball, maybe saves his legs a little bit, gets other guys more involved in the offense. But when things go poorly, they're not giving up. Um, and I don't know if that was true a month ago, right? I think that was uh, maybe a little bit evident against Wisconsin. It was evidence against a little bit against Nebraska on the road. Uh, but lately that, that has not been the case. And i got to tell you, I as I sat in the Bryce Jordan Center yesterday afternoon with about uh, – you know, 12 minutes on the clock, I turned to Daniel Gallen, who covers Penn State as well for Lions 24-7, and I said, this game's over, right? Like, they're not coming back. Uh, and <laughs> lo and behold, I was an idiot. Uh, and uh, they, they came back, and I think that resilience really matters for a team that I think a lot of people left for dead a month ago. 
Yeah, but if you were covering Rutgers a week ago, you would have said the same thing. Yeah, right? no, exactly. Uh, right. and, I and mean, honestly, if you if you were covering uh, Michigan State, Iowa, you would have said the same thing. If you were covering Florida State, Miami, you would have said the same thing. If you were covering Arizona State, Arizona, you would have said the same thing. This has been a strange year for elements like this. Yeah, and I think part of it to Penn State's benefit is it is easier to come back when you can score in bunches and. A lot of times that's pushing the pace, but for them it's it's just firing a lot from deep, right? Because you can you can cut a six point lead in two possessions, a nine point lead in three possessions, uh, and it, it doesn't take all that many stops to get the whole way back. And so they're kind of they're built to come back, maybe not from a pace standpoint, but from a a shot uh, you know a, a shot chart standpoint, right? The, the looks they want to get on the court are the kind of looks that help you come back in games like this. I will say, I you know of all of the the insanity, so to speak, of, of all of those games. Michigan State Iowa stands out still as the one that like I still can't believe happened. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It was I, I joked when they lost to Rutgers when Penn State lost to Rutgers. I said that's the craziest comeback I've seen since Florida State came back against Miami 20 hours ago. Right? Because this is just right. this is happening everywhere. Uh, before I get to other game elements, uh, Jalen Pickett ends up being one of the final 15 for the Wooden Award. He's also in the final five for the Bob Cousy Award. But that you know that's a specific guard related. But the Wooden Awards National Player of the Year. What's your thoughts on the fact that a Penn State name is sitting there on a National Player of the Year list in basketball? It is, it, you know, it's not shocking from the, the context of what he's done this year, but it is shocking from a maybe a historical standpoint that that this happened two years after a coaching change uh, for a player that's only been with the program for two years. For a player that even a year ago I, I thought was really good, but I thought that was kind of the peak, right? Like I thought really good was the high end of that. Um, it is, it is, it, it, you know, it, it's stunning from that standpoint, right? Like he is, he's absolutely earned this. I think he is one of the five best point guards in the country. I think he is the top 15 player in the country. Um, but it, it is strange, right? And I think it says a lot about him, and it says a lot about the positions Micah Shrewsbury's put him in to succeed, because he's not doing this without. Penn State playing the way that it is, right? Without making him the focal point, without having him post up with four shooters around him, giving him him options to spray the ball around, uh, without giving him the leeway to take the shots that he's comfortable with, even if they're not the most efficient shots uh, on the planet. If he can make them efficiently, that is that is good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know it is it is a uh, it is a good sign for the state of the program that one, that he chose Penn State over some of the schools that he did, and two, that Mike Shrewsbury has maximized him uh, in the way that he has, and, and to Pickett's credit, that he has grown as much as he had over the last, has over the last two years. In Sunday's game, I felt the strangest moment of the game was when Kevin Willard called a timeout with about 13 minutes to go, and it was because it was a the first coach-called timeout of the second half. It was a long timeout. And Dick Girardi and I took off the headsets and we looked at each other and said, what the heck did he do that for? That made no sense. And then after that, they started taking the air out of the ball. What did you think when that happened? The timeout, I, I'm with you. I thought the timeout, the timing of it was, was strange, right? It didn't seem like anything was going for There were a couple timeouts he took, honestly, that I thought the timing was strange. But that one stands out as like, trying to get ahead of something, maybe to try to prevent a comeback, and instead, like you said, taking trying to take the air out of the ball and kind of allowing the comeback because of it, because, you know, as comfy as a 15-point lead might seem, it's five possessions. 
you know, and 13 minutes is plenty of time to come back from that, uh, as obviously Penn State proved yesterday. But, yeah, I thought it was a strange decision. Frankly, I thought it was the incorrect one at the time. Uh, you know, it proved to be true, but even if it hadn't proved to be true, I don't think it was helping anything to call that time uh, timeout when he did. And, and I thought, honestly, that the rest of the way, like you said, they, they were trying to kill clock, right? They weren't necessarily trying to get good offense. Uh, it seemed like possessions were starting for them at 13 seconds rather than 22 seconds or, or what have you. They're getting into their stuff a little later. Um, I thought the lack of Julian Reese on the court was interesting. Uh, he he's really good, but I you know there is some credence to the matchup doesn't really fit his style. Uh, I had said that when I thought he was going to be in late. If I was Penn State, I thought they would have should have tried to foul Julian Reese. I think that would have been good strategy because he's not a great free throw shooter. So maybe you don't have him out there because of that. But not having one of your better players out there is it's definitely a decision, right? Like, and I don't know if it's one that I would have uh, would have made. John, you know it's interesting. You're right. Reese is a 52% free throw shooter. In the two games against Penn State, he missed one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, yesterday, like he, he, it was like he took the the first two that he took. I was like, oh, these aren't going in, and he drained them both. He's like, oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, but and then when Ian Martinez starts making the three pointers too, that was the moment where I was like, "So this is this is going to be the uh, the Ian Martinez game like we've seen." You know, Connor McCaffrey has done in the past to Penn State that these guys that shoot like twenty five to thirty percent suddenly make you know six in a game or what have you. So it was like I quickly identified Martinez as the guy that was possibly going to do that yesterday. Fortunately for Penn State, that ended up only being true in the first half. Yeah, because well, you know what? It's amazing how you shoot when the game's on the line. Yep. Okay, and and he had a wide open practice gym jumper from the top of the key. I mean, wide open practice gym jumper, and it wasn't All even close, John. It wasn't even close. Yeah, that, you know that may have been the problem. He was thinking, but yep. he had been he had been five of his last seven and threes coming in, so he had, he'd been doing things like that. But you know what? Yeah, you look. At how they played, and when they've needed a guy like Funk to step up, they've got it. When they've needed Winter to step up, they've got it. Pickett's always there. And it looks like I thought Keba Jai played well yesterday. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think Keba has been really good for probably three, four weeks now, right? And it, it's tough because, you know, the conditioning always comes into it. Uh, especially for a guy who just kind of added this weight over the off season and is still adjusting his body. He's still very much a kid, you know, and you don't want to overtax him and, and have him out there when he's gassed because that can affect affect other things. Sure. But yeah, I thought I thought Keba was good yesterday. Uh, I thought he had a couple finishes early that were that were really important uh, when, when Penn State had the original lead in the game. Obviously proved to be important because it's a one-point game, but I thought he looked good. Uh, I, I thought Funk, like had every reason in the world and, and honestly credit to Seth Lundy too and I know people will harp on the fact that he was 0-11 last Sunday I'm a firm believer that he should continue to shoot that at no point should be at the, the red light right? Absolutely. Like, he should be firing at will uh, you know I that's that's the case with Funk too right like it's easy and Miles Dredd uh, you know someone who hasn't been shooting well in recent weeks and then comes up huge yesterday I think you're right I think it's all of these veteran guys that kind of 
you know, a couple of them have mentioned to me in one-on-ones, uh, Funk specifically mentioned it, that the, they have the idea of, like, to be a goldfish, so the quote from Ted Lasso, that, you know, you just forget, right? You have to move forward and move on quickly and have that short-term memory uh, go away yeah. when, you're, when you're a shooter like that because you need to be able to shoot the next open one. And I think yesterday was a really good example of that, pretty much from, from all of the team shooters. Even, even Lundy wasn't great from the field, but, you know, he gets to the line when he gets fouled, and he, and he laces three straight free throws, which is not easy in that situation, right? I, I always joke that I swear I never see anyone make three free throws on a foul three-point attempt. Uh, and I was trying to figure out which one of the three he was going to miss because it always seems not, not just Penn State, like across basketball, it's just really hard to make the three straight unless you're the Steph Currys of the world. But uh, I thought all of those guys stepped up in such an enormous way, and, and, and they don't do it with, without each of those contributions, right? Like even, even the guys who didn't shoot well, they don't do it without their contributions either in other facets of offense or their, in, in Lundy's case, their, their, his contributions on the other end of the court. Final four minutes, close games this season, and this is a stat that I only I keep. It's not in the game notes, but I keep it, and I'll say, okay, you know, I think after all these years, I know what the, what the situation is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Lundy's eleven for eleven. Yeah, that that checks out, right? Like it is. He and again, it goes back to the uh, the the Rutgers thing of, of like people wanted him to stop shooting. I. I would keep I would no, keep firing. Keep right? going. He, he's so good at completely washing his memory clean of of completely forgetting the last one, and you know he will take a, a shot that clanks off horribly, and then the next one is nothing but net, and he's he's competent as ever, right? And he's and and the biggest thing through all of it, and Mikey has even mentioned this, is that he is still contributing defensively no matter how he's shooting, right? That's not, not the that. case across college basketball when guys have off nights from the floor, it can affect their defense. I don't think it's impacted his defense once this year. Uh, and I think, you know, he's been one of the best players defensively in the conference. Yeah, you're right about that. I think in a conference that has Chase Audige, Caleb McConnell, and some others, Seth is among the top ten defenders in the conference um, and has been for a couple of years now. Uh, yeah. And, so, and the, uh, the, go ahead. I was going to say the Jeff. biggest step that he took is last year you saw it with the on-ball stuff, right? Like you saw him – you know, really locking down against guys. This year, he's really taken a step off the ball. He's paying attention to rotations. He's paying attention to when he can dig down from the wing, maybe get a hand on a on a driving uh, a ball handler. He can get a hand on the ball and try and strip it. Uh, you know, he does it without fouling. He's so excellent at that that you know it's it's easier in some ways to guard one on one because you don't have to mentally think about anything else. It's so much harder to do that and focus on everything else at the same time. And, and he does both at the highest level. Your thoughts on the uh, opening matchup in the uh, Big Ten tournament with Illinois? I, I honestly, I think this is a Penn, a Penn State win, right? They, they, it's not just that they have two wins over Illinois; it's that they have two impressive wins over Illinois. Uh, it's, it's that Illinois doesn't shoot as well as Penn State does, and and you know if Terrence Shannon can't go get going in transition, then you can stall out their offense a little bit. Um, Dave Danger has obviously been better, but they just like this is not a team that matches up well with Penn State, right, for their sake, for Illinois' sake. I think, I honestly think this, that's the case kind of the, the whole way through the Big Ten tournament bracket, right? They, you know, they're the 10 seed, I know, but, man, I, I don't know if they could have asked for a better draw with, uh, you know, the, the teams that they're going to be facing, the 7 seed, the 3 seed, and the 2 seed with, uh, I believe it's Illinois, Northwestern, Indiana, uh, and, and, you know, not necessarily in that order, but, like, having those three teams as your most likely opponents, 
uh, and in the case of Illinois, obviously the guaranteed opponent, that, that lines up really well to, for even a potentially you know, a run to Saturday or Sunday for Penn State. I think this is, this is kind of a golden opportunity to essentially get rid of all of those questions about whether or not they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And by the way, Jaden Epps has not played the last two games because he got an elbow to the jaw in practice last week, and they took him to the hospital overnight. Um, now, it's going to be a week between the time that happened and the game on Thursday, but he has missed the last two games. So, yeah, we'll see. No, and that'll matter. Yeah, yeah, because they've been started. They've been starting Melendez instead. You know, and look, it's been a, it's going to be a week. I can't. I can't picture yeah. him not being in there, but I mean that's you know we'll see what Brad has to say about that. All right, always enjoyable. You do a great job covering the team. By the way, fabulous! This is the guy that broke the story on John Scott going to the uh, Detroit Lions. Well done on that, John. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate it, John. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you in Chicago. See you out there, John Sabra, Center Daily Times. Joining us on the show today, we're going to have more with Tony Knopp in the final half hour. Coming up in a few moments, Matt has been able to develop another rant. And we think it's a really important one. Maybe not. Here on uh, (laughs) News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855, visit our website at purdyinsurance.com, or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. Some students in the area love you guys. Thank you so much, everybody. I'd be remiss if we if we played this game today and I didn't say a word about our seniors. Uh, this is a special, special group, man. We're going to go to Chicago and we're going to play like we did in that second half. We're going to smile. I'm going to smile. I'm sorry. I got a little, I got a little tested today. I'm sorry. We're going to have fun. And we're going to see what happens when we get there in Chicago, okay? That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep playing hard. Thank you, Big State. Thank you! Well, you 
definition of fun is? Winning. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> yeah. It was a great uh, speech he made yesterday. I mean, I could only sort of hear some of it because obviously it was happening when Dick and I were still on the air, still on the broadcast. But it's really great that he did that, addressed the crowd. They had over 10,000 there yesterday, which was phenomenal. You know, because the students weren't there. I mean, that's the irony. You know, I'm just doing this from a factual point of view. That's the irony of all this. There are certain ways that you can schedule in such a way where, look, I've done this a long time. We sit back and go, really? That's why you hear me talk about, like, no Saturday games. Yeah, they have one. Great. Well, here's one for you. Penn State had 10 home games in the Big Ten this season, right? Okay. Three of the 10 were without the students on campus. You want to know how many road games Penn State have with the students not on campus? None. Now, that's not something that the Big Ten sits there and thinks about. I understand that. That So that is not me complaining about the Big Ten, okay? That's not, okay, but it is ironic, isn't it? Like, wow. And yesterday they still got over 10,000 without the students there. So that was, that. I thought the, the, and I thought the crowd yesterday, especially when the team was coming back, they were terrific. I thought they gave them a big lift. Okay, uh, we'll wrap up our conversation with Tony Knopp next half hour. Um, more Matt complaints. Looks like the Yankees made their first cuts today. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home, life business. RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. Sunbury Motors will make sure you're fully insured. They'll do everything they can to fit your budget. They'll do everything they can to save you money. Maybe it's with bundles. Maybe it's... In certain circumstances, we can go over state lines to do it uh, where permissible. And they are just great people to deal with. They care about you. Customer comes first. It's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Former Raiders quarterback Derek Carr is going to sign with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Yankees play the Pirates tonight at 635. Trying to find a list of people who care. You might. Justin Turner of the Red Sox got hit in the face today with a pitch. He's going to be okay, but... Yeah, that was ugly. That didn't look good. Orioles beat the Phillies 10-7. Let's see, who did the Phillies put in the lineup today? Well, Stott, Bone, eh, Kingery. 
and a group of pitchers that will never see the light of day in the majors. All right, there you go. Good. I think it's all good. Okay. Talk about some college basketball games that uh, to keep an eye on tonight, championship week. But we'll continue now with our conversation with Tony Knopp. And Tony, you know, we talked about the four corner schools, but, you know, it, uh, obviously with USC and UCLA leaving, I mean, the hole's there, and that makes schools like Colorado and Utah vulnerable. They got to. I mean, Colorado is already an, an also random. The, the, the Pac-12 move for Colorado has been a disaster. If you could go back, yeah. because, you know, for the listeners who, who were who are longer in the tooth like you and I are, um, Colorado and <laughs> Nebraska younger. ran the Big 8. Yeah. But they ran the Big 8 in the 90s, back in the Bill McCartney days, right? Yeah. And Nebraska goes to the Big 10. They hit hard times for their football program, but they're making money and they're still competitive. They have the money to pay a new coach. They have the money to compete. Nebraska is one good coach and one good class away from being nationally prominent again. Yeah. Colorado has not competed in the Pac-12 since they've been here. They're spending a ton of state dollars on Coach Prime and his son coming in. This is kind of their last, it's kind of their death rattle. I mean, if Colorado can't make this work in the next year or two, I don't know if they can. And that was once a nationally prominent program. Colorado won a national title in, I think, 1992 or somewhere around there, 93? 90, 90, yeah. 1990. Yeah, they beat, uh, Nebraska, or they beat uh, Notre Dame. Yep. Um, and I think if you go back and you ask Colorado, like, you give them that choice again, they don't, I don't even think they leave the Big 12. Yeah. I think they want to stay. Yeah. So it's just been this unmitigated disaster. Utah has leapfrogged. USC is finally pushing their weight around. UCLA is trading on their blue blood, uh, on their blue blood basketball name. And it's kind of every man for themselves right now. I think a deal gets done. I think it gets done with a revenue share that they're going to try to tell us is somewhere in the 30 millions and you and I are both going to know it's not going to be, it's going to be, no. that's going to be, um, incentive laden. It's probably going to be in the mid twenties. Yep. It's going to and be about, now it's going to be about, it's going to be about 28. You and I both yeah. know it'll be about 28, 28. So now you're Arizona state. You're a massive public institution. For those who don't know, Arizona state has 55,000 people on campus. Yep. Right. Massive sleeping giant. Uh, you have the resources. You have a state that's done well with their budget. You can go get another big coach to try to clean up for the Herm Edwards miss if they don't end up in sanctions. Right. And you're getting a third to a fourth of what your Big Ten and SEC competitors are getting yep. just right off the bat. Why would you ever stay? The I mean, old? it's a compounding rule. I mean, if I'm, if I'm getting 30 a year and you're getting 90, right, Three years in, it's two seventy to ninety. Well, you know what? This is what this will be the selling point internally. And you tell me if I'm wrong about this. If you stay together in the Pac-10 plus two, SMU, San Diego State, you can you can get the automatic bid into the college football playoff. That's what you've got, and you can yep. do it exponentially easier in this setup than you can someplace else. Is that a fair statement? That's that's the argument that people make for Lincoln Riley quite a bit. Is that he left Oklahoma because it's going to be easier? This is before they moved to the Big Ten. It'll be easier in the Pac-12 to get to the CFP than it will be in the SEC, right? Well, now he's moving to the Big Ten. That argument doesn't hold up. But, yes, if they can find a way to make it an automatic qualifier, and the CFP is where the real dollars are going to be. Yep. Right? It's, no doubt. It's to, to give the listeners an example, um, 
back in, and I hate to bore them with this, but it's exactly what's happening here. When the the Champions League started really taking off and becoming prominent in the mid to late 90s, yep. there's a lot of money in it. That's right. And teams who probably shouldn't have tried to spend to stay in the Champions League were doing it because much like what's going to happen with the college football playoff, if you get a berth in the college football playoff, you're going to get, you know, X millions, which in the future could be 10, 12, 15, 20 million dollars mm-hmm. just to play in that game, right? Just to play in one of those games. It's going to be amazing. And what happened is a bunch of teams who probably shouldn't have over leveraged themselves and tried to chase it. Leeds was a perfect example. So most people haven't heard about Leeds United anymore, but Leeds United was essentially the Boston Red Sox of English soccer yep. uh, through the 80s and 90s. They won world titles multiple times. Yep. And they got into some financial trouble, which is what we're talking about with Arizona State and the other universities mm-hmm. here. And they mortgaged everything in 2003 to try to stay in the Champions League and they missed. They yep. didn't get in. They didn't get the money. They ended up getting relegated from the top level of English soccer, where I think the revenue share now is like 50 to 70 million pounds a year, but at the time it was 20 to 30 million pounds, all the way down to League Two, which would be the equivalent of the Boston Red Sox playing in like the Pacific Coast League. Yep. I mean, they just got bounced all the way down. Yep. And so when, when people hear this and they think, eh, it's not that big a deal, the universities aren't going to go, you know, and, and go back on their word and ditch the Pac 12 to go to the Big 12, there's there's a ton of examples for this. There's precedents for this across the sports world. Yep. Leeds United is a perfect example. It's been 20 years to get back to the top league, and they're not competitive. They're a good enough team, but they're not winning world titles or playing in the Champions League. And so what the CFP does here is it creates this environment where they're going to have all the power yeah. in the end. The CFP is going to have all the power, especially with NIL being what it is. You're going to need to be in the CFP to compete or at least have a, have a clear path to it. And if you're a university trying to recruit a kid and you're saying, come play at Arizona State instead of Penn State, the weather's better, right? Yeah. And it's a party school. You're going to have a lot of fun. Not that Penn State isn't a lot of fun. I've been there, too. <laughs> the response is from Penn State is going to be, we get $90 million a year. So our facilities are five times nicer, and they're only going to get nicer every single year. You're going to be prime time on big networks mm-hmm. every week, which is going to help you sell more sponsorships because you are a brand now. Yep. And you have a path to the CFP. If you want to go to Arizona State and play in, you know, crappy, crappy facilities and maybe get a chance to get into the CFP as the, you know, eighth seed or 16th seed or however big it is at the time and get blasted out, but you're going to play on, you know, Amazon streaming service on Friday night once every two months. Yep. Good luck. Yeah. Steve, what recruit takes that deal? Nobody takes that deal. You want, you want to be, you know, that's one thing. The Big Ten went out and they, they put together an NFL model. Right? Yeah. Guess what? Where's the NFL play? One game on streaming. Everything else is NBC, CBS, Fox. Yeah, it sounds like the Big Ten. So, yeah. I mean, that's You're a national is. brand. Yeah. You can sell your right. Yeah. You can sell it. Like, kids can do that now. Yeah. It's just, it's. I mean, what Larry Scott did is a case study in how not to do things. And, right. and you and I have been talking about this for years. Yep. We've been watching this happen, saying this is this is incompetence at its highest peak. And he got paid more money than you and I will ever see to <laughs> yeah. run a one-screen conference into the ground. It's just amazing uh, okay. to me. I feel like I'm in the Truman Show sometimes okay, watching that stuff. You know what? But th- I'll give you a small example of the incompetence, right? Which to me is like sometimes the small example is like, holy mackerel, 
when he got the, he moved that Pac-12 office out of Walnut Creek and moved it downtown oh, right. to San Francisco, yeah. and the rent was millions per year. What are you doing that for? <laughs> right, that yeah, was one I, of those. I mean, that's that's just a small example right there. I think the Pac-12 gets a five-year deal, and at the end of the five-year deal, everybody splinters. Yeah, if even that, we we would have said that about Texas and Oklahoma, and then there's a grant of rights, like. It's you know when you do deals in, in our world when you're when you're running tech companies you do deals and they they have um, it's called structure when you do a deal so like a company will go out and they'll say I raised a hundred million dollars and the first thing we do is we look at it and say I want to know what the structure is right and the structure usually is something like yeah we gave you a hundred million dollars but if you sell it we get the first hundred million dollars yeah whatever deal George puts up to try to save it there's going to be a ton of structure in there. And for all you and I know, you're probably right. It's probably a five-year deal, but I bet there's a three-year out. I bet there's a way for people to buy out, yeah. and, and that's where the problem is. It's any kind. It's just like when you're talking about a coach with a buyout. I mean, yeah. look at your university. You know what you were doing when you signed up James Franklin. Look at his buyout. Yeah. You want to come steal James Franklin from us? You're paying for five James Franklins. Right. Right. right? I the Pac-12 doesn't have leverage to make it difficult for the Big 12 to come in and say, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna poach these two schools. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I think because yeah. your only value is that Friday night and Saturday night game, right? And it's because yeah. people are gambling on on the East Coast. Right. If I take Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah out, so you're gonna have Oregon and Washington play Friday and Saturday night every single week because that's really all you have to sell us now. Like yeah. people are gonna tune yeah. into the Houston at San Diego State game. Nope. That's an MWC game. Yep. I mean, that's an old Big West game. I mean, no offense. I don't think you want to tune in to watch Arizona play Arizona State right now. No. The, no. I mean, I mean, do I want to watch Washington play Washington State? I know we can talk about the Apple Cup all we want, but... I don't care. No. I'm a Pac-12 guy, and I don't care. I, I that's... Uh, the, I think... It was USC I, the whole time. Pac-12 football was USC. Sure it was. I mean, and it was UCLA until uh, the late 90s. You're right. And then, yeah, after, after you know, post Terry Donahue, yeah, and, Kate McDowell and all those guys, right. and then that was it, right? And that's and that's the way it's gone. But you know what? The reason I say five is that that gets you to the end game, where okay, you're okay for five years. Yes, you're getting and the financial disparity will be tremendous between uh, the Pac-12 and everybody else, right? But then at that point, everybody's going to become a free agent, and they're going to look around and say, we can't do this anymore. I mean, they're probably at that point now. But, see, the networks right now are telling them, like, they've told – I mean, I know they've told the Big Ten, look, here's your number. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> right? How much more do you want you from You split us? it up however right. you want. Yeah. Right? right? But we're not going any, any right. deeper. Exactly. And, right. you know, you've got the two big – you know, you've got, you've got Fox with the Big Ten. You've got the SEC. I mean, they, they've already – people have already paired up. Yeah. Right, and it's sad to see, but at the same time, I'm really excited for USC at Penn State. I'm really excited for, for those games. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, it's going to be fantastic to watch Michigan play at the Rose Bowl in November. Yeah, and there'll be right? people be there fun. who paid. There will actually be people who paid to attend the game. Yeah, they'll all be Michigan fans, but yeah. it'll be great. Sure. But they'll be there. <laughs> Uh, which will be great. Oh man, twenty one thousand. They had twenty one thousand people at a game last year. The stadium fits one hundred and seven. Was what? Was that the and, South Alabama game? Yeah, yeah. yeah they weren't even a fifth full. Unbelievable, craziness. Next time through, we'll obviously probably do a little post mortem on what Georgie does here. 
Uh, yep. But there's a lot of talk now that the, the that select committee for the NCAA says we want to increase championships by 25%. Yep. Now, that's fine if I want to increase the you know, the field hockey championship, 25%, but nobody talks about that. As soon as they saw the 25%, all they thought about was the men's basketball oh, tournament, which, oh, gets to, which would get it to 96. We're going to talk about yeah. that next time. Yeah. Which I think Regular will season will, will definitely not matter at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a 500 team. You're in. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be sweating out Thursday. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. You guys got one, you got one, in, one more and you're in, right? Yeah. You got to get so, by Illinois yeah. and you're in. Yeah. So, Tony, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's talk again soon. Sounds great. Tony Knopp, joining us from California. Healthy. It's great to talk to people that are healthy. You okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Getting a lot of notes here from fans about you. This This cry for sympathy is... It's not going over well. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. It's a good photo after uh, you won the Super Bowl there with the Steelers. Um, what has the advice been from your dad as you go through this process? I'm definitely, I'm just glad to have him in my corner and my ear. And he's just telling me from day one, just be you at the end of the day. Team's going to fall in love with your character and how you carry yourself. So that's what I really just held uh, close to me and walked in the meetings. And I felt like I did pretty good with that uh, information. I remember this picture. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was the kid that when I would come home would not let me go to bed if we didn't play catch and for it to be full circle us being here it's amazing really humbled in this situation to be here with my son he played at a bigger school than me he's rated higher than i was when i was in this position at the draft and uh it's just being that happy for him the porters you know About uh, 18, 19 years from now, we're sitting there and they're doing the interview with the Catrillos. I'll remember this moment. No? Maybe. We'll see. It'd be nice. He's got the same athletic build as his father. Look at him. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. How the heck did he ever get here? <laughs> that would be a legitimate question. And then you could explain them, like, well, you know. <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> All right. How about some games to watch tonight? Uh, Joey did really well. The four four six. He turned in about what I thought. He, everything he did is about what I thought he would do. Like the guys, the kids, terrific athlete, and you know what? He's he's one of those kids. I'll be honest with you. I love being around him. Always have. I mean, if you guys had a chance to spend a little bit of time with him, you like, wow, he's terrific. Always has a smile on his face. Easy to talk to, and what a player. 
length, quickness, cover skills. Got a lot of stuff going for him. All right. Games to watch tonight. Let's see. Southland Tournament, second round, McNeese, Nichols. Okay, got that. Okay, you got UNC Wilmington, Hofstra, and one half of the Colonial. Two, I mean, Wilmington's won 23, Hofstra's won 24, right? But it's the other game you need to watch. It's Towson and Charleston, okay? Because Towson, Wilmington, and Hofstra are not going to make the tournament. Charleston, though, if they can win the tournament, that means that's good for all the at-large teams. Because they, you know, you're talking about a 28 and three team. I've seen this team play in person too. They are athletic. Uh, they can play, but that's the one to watch. Charleston and Towson in one semifinal. Chattanooga and Furman is in the SoCon, the Southern Conference Championship. That's of interest to Penn State for this reason. If Furman wins, that's good for Penn State. Penn State beat Furman. The other part is though, Danny Earl, my good friend, coaches Chattanooga. <laughs> uh, so, Danny's done a great job in his first year there, but Penn State—it would be preferred for Penn State, preferred that Furman wins. Uh, BYU St. Mary's uh, need St. Mary's to win that game, and San Francisco and Gonzaga need Gonzaga to win the game. You really don't need BYU or San Francisco crashing the. Orleans party at in Vegas. I've done two games in that arena, by the way. Uh, let's see. Horizon Championship semifinal, Cleveland State, Milwaukee, no impact there. Uh, what's the other Horizon game? It's Youngstown and uh, Northern Kentucky. Even if Youngstown were to lose, it would not impact the tournament. Uh, Summit semifinal. North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Always a fun matchup. What's the other Summit semifinal tonight? Where is it here? It's somewhere. Oh, now this one. Okay. Phil Leston, my old friends, the athletic director at St. Thomas. They're playing Oral Roberts. Now, Oral Roberts is the one to watch there. Why? They're 28-4. and four. You don't need them eliminated. No offense to Phil. Move them on. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Back tomorrow with Neil Kulong.